What's up, friends and family, to random number 96. That's right, roomies and movies number 96. I'm Ox. That's my friend Luke over there. And we're talking about all the latest and greatest stuff that you should be watching or avoiding, for that matter. Um, For this week, we watched Troll 2 for the worst list. Uh, We had to skip over the best list because Miyazaki films aren't readily streamable anywhere. You can't even rent them. Um, then we watched uh, Battlestar Galactica Season 3, Episodes 11 through 16, um, Missing Link theatrically, as well as Hellboy theatrically, and then we'll round it out with Game of Thrones at the end, so you don't have to avoid the spoilers right off the bat. So, kicking in, anything else, any new stories that caught your fancy this last week? No, but I think this is like... And this would be like the first time that I've had any like used social media at all. I'm usually very anti-internet and everything. You know that. Uh, this is like the first year that I watched Game of Thrones where it's going. And I was like, wow, everyone is dumb and stupid on Twitter about Game of Thrones. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world for sure. Um, you mean just with flat out spoilers or just um... – what they're enjoying not even spoilers just dumb they're just like (laughs) oh the 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 spherical (laughs) thing all right right. we'll get to it it for sure um let's kick it off let's get into troll 2 and why that's on the worst list i don't know because that movie is brilliant i love every second of it (laughs) Um, much like the last few of them, like it's not atrocious. It's just fine, fine enough movie to have out in the background. I've seen a lot worse. Um, I think the thing that stings most about it is the people involved with it, like the actors and whatnot, thought they were uh, really doing high caliber cinema, um, and they were not. Well, they um, should have like. As soon as they saw the goddamn mask that you bought from Walmart to put on the trolls, they should have known they weren't. I believe it would have been the burlap sacks that definitely would have uh, tipped me off for sure. Um, oh, man. But it's even, like, it's even definitely weird because Troll 1 had trolls, uh, but this primarily has goblins. Yeah, it's just, it's whatever. All I know is. I saw, I had seen Troll 1 first. I saw it on like fucking TV years ago. And that movie's <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, is that the one buddy, where they're like, like in an apartment building and like the troll lives yep, and, and the like trolls the, down in the okay. fucking like boiler room and it's all magical fantasy. And yep, yep. I'm pretty sure the kid's named Harry Potter. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> uh, but like my buddy made me buy like the double pack. You know, we just used to make each other buy the worst movies we could find. And there's like, this looks like ass. We got to get it. And I watched it and I was like, this movie is great. It's so bad. And then like, you know, this was when I was like 16, 17. And then like, then it got this big cult following and it became this thing. And then I kind of sort of soured on it and turned around and hated it. Uh, But I can go back to it and I haven't seen it. Probably since I watched it with Travis when we lived together. Mm-hmm. I know me and him watched it. Uh, and, like, I can still fucking quote it. I, I fucking love it. Like, <laughs> like, 
Hannah came out and was watching next to me and she's like, what are you watching? And I was like, troll. Dude. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, well, you'll learn. You can't piss on hospitality. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's so, it makes some really strange movements to move along the plot. Um, essentially what happens if you come to Neil Bog, uh, it's the center fuge of all goblin activity, whatever. Um, in the way it's they, the Goblin Kingdom. What is so funny is I didn't even realize this until we were talking about this last week, but it's like all these goblins are vegetarian, and if you eat them, you turn into plant-based whatever, and then they are able to eat you. Um, which makes the pivotal scene in, near the end uh, so much better once I realized that. Um but yeah, it's it's not atrocious. Like it's just a fun little fuck off of a movie. Um, yeah, I mean, like it is on the list because it got this reputation of being this. You know, like they literally made a documentary about how it's the worst movie ever made, and the one it's not. Uh, I mean, it's bad, but in a good way, which is what you always want from bad movies. But there's no reason it should be this high on the list outside of the infamy of it was the worst movie ever made. Yeah, for sure. And plus it's uh, 40 years old now. And for being 40 yeah, goddamn what? years old. Is it? Yeah, it wasn't made in 90. <sighs> okay, cool. Oh, I, oh, sorry, I'm fucking terrible at addition. That's 30, sorry. It's 30 years old. <laughs> Still, I was like, goddamn, 40 years? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, it doesn't matter I mean, like, for being 20 years old. And I mean, it's just that cult following. Um, it's it's so strange uh, because I believe, like, we grew up when this movie was being made. So, like, our parents probably acted nearly identical um, where you don't have much to worry about. And, like, your kids can run off all day long and just be back for supper kind of. Um but it's really strange the leaps they make um, with the whole tree situation, like turning that one kid into a tree or flower, whatever she was talking about. Um, oh, I mean, like in the end, none of it makes sense. But oh yeah, none of it, not not a single bit. Like they have a a rock from Stonehenge, and that's where they get all their power. Um, and the only way to counteract it is by fucking playing high fiving it. I guess I don't know. You gotta eat that bologna sandwich first. That double-decker bologna sandwich. Double-decker with... Had to have been about ten slices of bologna. It looked like two pieces (laughs) of bread with just like a whole package of bologna shoved on top of it. That's the weirdest part. It's like his dead grandpa that keeps materializing just gives him this backpack out of nowhere with a just a loose-leaf mat, loose meat sandwich like just out of nowhere my favorite part is when grandpa seth is trying to teach him how to throw molotov cocktails and then like (laughs) the uh the fucking the preacher guy is just like i see you demon you go back to hell and the kids is like are you in hell grandpa he's like oh no don't don't pay him any mind i feel like you could take the framework of this and make like a really fun ridiculously over the top movie um like 
Grandpa comes out of nowhere with an axe and chops off this troll's hand that is the witch's hand somehow. But, like, nobody picks up that axe ever again. They're fighting these little goddamn goblins and nobody thinks that, hey, maybe we should have that weapon. Oh, my God. When the one fucking friend is out in the woods the first time, he's just like, listen, all you dwarves, you need to get out of here. (laughs) I told them and they just throw a fucking spear at him. It's so good. <laughs> it's really, it's really great. Um, if and you like, have none chance, of it makes sense. Like, why did the witch go seduce the one kid with popcorn? I mean, like, none of it makes sense. Yeah, like she didn't kill him; she just seduced him with popcorn, and like, just I, I, doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but it's ridiculous that uh, the his sisters boyfriend just loves hanging out with this group of guys and like they somehow get their hands on this RV and beat them to this Nilbog like I don't know waiting for her I suppose but yeah this movie's fun fucking watch it um, it's ridiculous like there's so many the, a lot of it doesn't make sense but it's just a fun little ambient movie from the 90s um, yeah, yeah. I think it's worth checking out if you've never seen it. Um, plus, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can just check it out with no hassle. <sighs> so yeah, uh, what do we got for best worst next week then? Uh it's it's a good one again for the worst. <laughs> uh, we're watching Jaws for the Revenge. <sighs> Wow. Which is a good one. That's the one with Michael Caine, son. Um, see, I didn't even know there were three until like a couple years ago, and then I found out that there was a fourth one, and like the fourth is the worst of them all. Because um, this is the second one where like the Jaws' brother like finds out what happens, like starts attacking everything or whatever. No, it's just another shark in Amityville. Oh. And okay. then the third one is like at like a SeaWorld amusement park and they <laughs> capture a giant shark and it breaks out. And then the fourth one is when fucking Chief Brody's wife is like, I've had it with these shark attacks. I'm going to Bermuda. And that's the one where like it's the original shark's like family member hunting her oh, down. Okay. Good. Now and I'm, it is I'm goddamn talking. glorious. Matt, now I'm on board. Now I'm super excited about it. Uh, what do we got for best then? Uh, life is beautiful. Who's that with? It's that fucking Roberto Benini movie that he won an Oscar for, and he stood on the fucking seats and was like, "Ah, oh, I'm super French," and I never saw it. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm super French. Oh, that's fun. We have fun here. That's great. Uh, so on to some Battlestar Galactica in a hell of a week. Um, yeah, I I think I'm most upset with you with how we ended. Um, we had to. There's no way you can't have that start next week. Yeah, absolutely. If that would have been the first one out of the gate, it would have been like, oh, at least I get the um, immediate uh, closure on whatever happens. Um, yeah. Plus, the the end of the season is Baltar's trial, and I feel like Starbucks' death would overshadow that if we didn't separate it. Yeah, fair enough. 
Um, so starting out episode 11, you get the rapture moments. Um, basically they're the, uh, they're destroying the temple, but that doesn't matter because, um, the, the sun is going supernova, um, and they got to get the hell out of the planet. Um, but Xena and Baltar go down to the temple because, one of them is the chosen one and everything will be revealed, whatever. Um, we leave with Adama ready to nuke the whole goddamn planet. Um, but he backs down. Uh, they turn back five of their six ships. Uh, I figured it was going to be a thing where he was going to shoot them off and each ship would have to sacrifice themselves so the planet didn't get destroyed. Um, but him backing down from that... Uh, we get Starbucks Rescue. Uh, Lee essentially forces uh, D to go after and save Starbucks. Um, Can you just he- like just imagine that? Be like, hey, my loving, doting wife, I need you to go save my side piece. Thanks. <laughs> Which the way he did it, like us having context, makes complete sense. But her being on the other side of that line and, like, not reeling that Anders is there and what he's, like, confrontationally doing to Apollo, um, having none of that context and just having Apollo call up and be like, hey, Starbuck went down. Go risk your life to save her. Um, and then, like, everybody's just getting, like, random characters is getting picked off by these Cylons. Um I didn't even know they had sniper shots, but they fucking just completely destroyed the one dude that was with B. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then we get to the temple. Um, Sharon decides to commit suicide, so she wakes up on the shit base star uh, and can grab her child and come back. Uh, Caprica no, no, 6. No, no. Let's hold off. She doesn't be like, I need to commit suicide. She's like, my loving, doting husband, I need you to shoot me in the face. Fair, fair. Um, which Hilo has problems with, whatever. Um, but making that sacrifice, um, we see it when it was last year, when it was Star-Lord um, in Infinity War. Um, Gamora asking him to do the same. I think Hilo not hesitating quite so much. I mean, he still hesitates, but not... I mean, he's like, fuck it, dead. And then uh, she wakes up on the base star. Um, but he kind of gets in trouble with the president when not. Um, essentially, just didn't think about all the repercussions that could possibly await them. Um, because she does have knowledge of Galactica and all this other stuff, and they have no idea about any of this, um, her waking up and everything like that. So, um, but when Xena doesn't turn around the ships or the one ship, when everybody else has decided that they should, because it wasn't worth the risk, um, the other Cylons essentially figure out that it's time to box her up. So the prophecy that was told to her that, keeping Hera would cost her everything kind of came true. Not necessarily how you figured it would, but um, when she gets back to the ship, they box her all up, Uh, which was a a cool scene because it's like, well, 
I guess we don't have the seasoning anymore. And like <laughs> Cylons are cold as shit. They they don't even destroy the bodies. Like they just put them in a corner somewhere. <laughs> so, where we hide the Ark of the Covenant and Indiana Jones is full of Cylons. Uh, but Chief takes Baltar back to Galactica. Um, he's thrown in the brig. Caprica helps Sharon escape the base star with the child. Um, because she has some medical, she needs medical attention. Um, yeah. And then we leave with Caprica being thrown in the brig. And I'm like so excited because now they're back together, but they haven't been, uh, they're in different parts of the ship, uh, essentially. And they don't know each other are locked up, but it's fun to get those characters back in their home field of the Galactica. Um, and that's only the first episode back. Like, this movie, this show works so wonderfully with all the moving pieces. Um, jumping from there, uh, you get Baltar finding out his Cylon identity <laughs> or lack of it. Um, he commits suicide, um, which I'm, I love the way they do that is because, like, he's not the one essentially stringing himself up and he's not the one that kicks the the bed out from underneath him uh, to find out that he's not a Cylon. Uh, he's not one of the five. Um, and then they go ahead and interrogate him with, um, like, essentially LSD. Um to see what he knows and whatnot. Um, and I believe, I think that's the one that uh, Adama actually directed. Um, wait, was it that one or the his anniversary? I don't know. Almost has directed quite a few episodes. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but no, no, it was the one, it was the torture one that he directed because I felt like, um, I love it that Adama takes those reins because like, he's been the kind of moral cornerstone for all of this. Like, uh, even with the genocide, he was going to do it. He was ordered, but he didn't want to do it. And like, there's a lot of those moments, even when he decides that he has to end, um, the one Pegasus captain and backs off from that. Like that's not what he wants to live with. Even when uh, they rigged the election and he found out about it, like he knew it was going to eat up Laura and she wouldn't be able to live with that. So um, having the moral compass decide to go push it this far. um, I think we have a new line drawn in the sand of how far he can go. Um, But at the same time, uh, it was the only way they're gonna, they were going to find out about what really happened with Baltar. Um, so I think it was smart that way. Um, going from there, you get this. I call it. I called it the anti-vaxxer episode when we started it, but it, and then realized it's this doctor that is finding a free pass to kill people um, and why people don't trust medicine for the most part um, because it's hard to say what's real. And even the uh, coddle that we've come to trust 
as a physician, like vouches for him just because he doesn't want to think the worst of his of his uh, friend colleague. Um, and then to find out when D comes down with something and um, when Hilo finds that out, uh, the whole controversy of him taking everybody on just to save D um, because he knows he's poisoning people at this point. Um, man, if we would have lost D, I don't know. <laughs> man, I could have wished. Let me tell you. Uh, but, oh, but backing up, we get um, Adama and Starbuck kind of figuring out what they're, what they want out of their relationship because we have these really heartbreaking moments where D, D knew what she was signing up for and just wanted Adama as long as she would be able to hold on to him. And it's heartbreaking because she realizes that that came to fruition and came and went and she's still in love with him. But the point is Starbuck won't leave her relationship because she's untrusting of what's, what's to come. Um, so yeah, those moments, and it's and then we jump from there is to. That, uh, is that also the episode where we secretly all of a sudden have a Cheers esque bar? Uh, no, that's uh, Adama's anniversary, uh, and then oh, okay. Chief and Callie uh, are in the airlock. Bar, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Adama's remembering his past with his ex. Um, and Adama or Apollo is basically essentially telling him, describing his childhood with his mom. That was his alcoholic abuser, um, waiting around for Adama to come back and he never did. Um, and then the rocky, rocky relationship that, uh, chief and Callie have had since they've returned from New Caprica. Um, but almost oh, being, almost being shot out of an airlock because of uh, decompression and stuff like that. So uh, it was a really great moment because Adama sees uh, how much they mean to each other and uh, they kind of rectify their situation, but it kind of paralleled what Adama left behind, um, essentially. Yeah. So, to, to be fair, sure. But also in the next episode, he's like, Chief, look me in the eye. I'm going to murder your wife if you don't stop <laughs> Which they were dealing with a uh, union strike and whatnot. Um, essentially, the ship that's refining all the fuel for all of the ships um, is the unsafest. It's got child workers um, essentially just getting folded into their parents' jobs situation because they can't get off that ship. And, like, they're basically born into slavery. Um, so they make ways to be heard by the president and whatnot. And then um, Chief is there to witness uh, one of these boys that is picked to help the new crew whatnot. Uh, but he gets his arm punctured when he's trying to save the or uh, recalibrate the machine or whatever uh, that, that chief was uh, trying to do. So that uh, that kid was not a good actor. <laughs> no, he certainly was not. Um, but I could overlook it because uh, it was it was just a placeholder, I, I suppose. Um, 
But, uh, but it's really great moments man. because, like, when Adama says he's going to shoot his fucking wife and, like, he means it. But then he caves and gives up the strike and Adama's like, listen, all we got to do is talk about shit. So go have a talk with the president and you guys can sort this shit out. But don't pull that shit because when you start pulling that shit, everybody else is going to think they can pull that shit and I can't have a ship that runs like that. So yeah, It's basically like, go play your games anywhere but Galactica. Shit cannot go down here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it has that fucking scene I love, though, where Chief visits Baltar and Baltar reveals, you know, he's a poor from the poor colonies and he's the son of a farmer. And Oh my god, yes! Like, I, so listen, when we got through those first five episodes of season three, I was on such a high for Baltar. I didn't think I was going to be able to re- enjoy his character anymore. Like, I, he was just going to stay at the top of the list for a long time. Um, and then they went through those kind of weird episodes where is he Cylon, is he not? It's still kind of ambiguous, but um, because we don't understand what the f- last five are. Um, but then he comes around and turns that on and he has escaped this life of servitude that he was born into, um, to become the smartest man around. And, um, he's understanding of everything that's happening. Uh, and then we get this moment between him and, uh, Felix where they have a secret and Felix almost kills it over. I want to say that Felix is a Cylon, but uh, I don't know for sure because, I'm sure if they were leaning that way, we would have definitely found that out in the, the beginning of the next episode because Adama doesn't play that game. <laughs> that funny. God, I remember that. I always forget Gata just fucking nails him in the throat with that pen. And it's just like, oh yeah, Gata did try to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's really strange because why else was he coming to visit him in the middle of the night? Because... I figured his programming had kicked in and he was going to murder Bal- Baltar because of what he knew, whatever. But, um, or you just go by what they say in the show that he was going there to kill him, but he hates him for what happened on New Caprico. See, and it, and it makes sense. Um, but, like, I will say this if nothing else, Battlestar doesn't fuck around. They don't play the hidey hide game with Cylons yeah. for the most part. Yeah. You know, we introduce. Xena, and then found out she was a Cylon that episode. Mm-hmm. We found out Cavill was a Cylon that episode that he was introduced. You know, like they don't play that game. They usually yeah. let at least us know, if not the characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, and in this last episode, uh, we get Starbuck dies. Um, she's dealing with trauma from her childhood uh, when she became a pilot, and her mom kept pushing her. Uh, but didn't realize how great she was um, in this kind of stifled uh, Starbuck thinking how great she was. Um, but then you get those weird tra- uh, weird scenes between her and Leah Ben um, when she's kind of just accepting uh, that her part to play is over with. Um, well, I mean, to be fair... They literally say that that is not Leo Ben, you know. It's something, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. You know, she's like, you're not Leo Ben, are you? And he's like, no. So, you know, it's some weird manifestation. Like, if you look at 
depends on how you want to interpret BSG's theology and what they're doing thematically. But it's the thing, you know, like they talk about it where for all her hotshot antics and everything, she always pulls back. Kara is afraid of death, you know, and that she ran from death from her mother. She's been running ever since. And this is her giving in and accepting death as reality. Which, so which, like, and, when they do that, that, that death scene, I thought that was wonderfully done. Um, it just made me hate Pet Cemetery that we saw last week so much more. Uh, because, like, you have this person that's been on that brink, just like that doctor was, and he, she finds a way to cope uh, when he goes and buries his daughter in this sacred ground. Whatever. We're not, we're not going there, but um, I thought it was well done. How, how they did her passing um, and her coming to accept that. Uh, it also has me thinking that these Cylons aren't necessarily their imprinted bodies, but it feels like they're AI that can imprint on people. And I think that's what has happened to Baltar. Um, and it seems like it kind of has happened to Starbuck. Um, I remember Leoben saying that they all get to choose one, and I wonder if that's not part of the process. So, um, just has my head spinning around that. Um, and then you get the last couple minutes where Starbuck actually crashes and burns, and Apollo's there to witness it, and Adama, you see him lose it. Like, um, she's he's gifted this Aurora for his models by her. And, like, Starbucks acting weird around everybody that whole last episode. Um, yeah, and then you get the moment where um, Adama breaks down and just fucking crushed me. Like, I, I want to hurt anybody that hurts Adama that much. <laughs> so. it's, it's interesting, like, rewatching this episode. It's one of the ones, like, when I always said that make people watch it and then I never kept up after a certain point, like I'm always just like, let me know when you get to the fucking episode 17 of season three. Cause it's like one, it's the first time BSG's killed the main character. Yeah. Right. Like everyone might even think of like two episodes ago, chief and Callie are in danger, but like if Callie had died and chief hadn't, it wouldn't have had that impact. They kill mm-hmm. all these periphery characters to, you know, Billy, Roslyn, but you're never going to kill Roslyn. That's how that show feels. Like, yeah. here's our core cast. We're never going to do anything. And now yeah. you realize, oh yeah, they're going to like. We're finally getting the like the heavies are going. You know, which is crazy to think because we have a season and three episodes left. Um, and like I, I know you get probably three or four texts every week when I think he's going to bite it or some other not in the like in the little bit of shadows character dies off like when Yellen died and like it affected Ty whatever um I think even uh, if Ty or like Chief or Hilo passes it's not as big of impact as Starbuck passing like Starbuck's been through everything and the for Apollo to witness it and like have 100% certainty that she is dead um Oh yeah, I love how he's like he's just like there was no shoot, she didn't get out, and it's like no, she got crushed like a fucking soda can and then exploded. Yeah, Starbuck is gone, man. Um, which is crazy because 
Um, you know the lengths Adama would go for Apollo, and when he nearly goes that far to rescue Starbucks back in season two, or maybe it was season one, but um, you see how much she does mean to him, and like it's just heartbreaking to see Adama cry at the end of this episode when he's when he realizes that she's gone and like how fucked up everything is knowing that she's gone. So that's <sighs> fucking... watching the episode. Did you just feel like something was off or you were like, Oh, they're killing her in this episode. Uh, I, I only thought something was off. I felt, I felt like, um, when they kept talking about the Isla storm, whatever. And like, they kind of showed it. Uh, when she's flying by and seeing whatever hallucination, whatever, um, I figured she was going to go through it and like it was going to be a wormhole and she was just going to be lost for a few episodes, whatever. Um, but when they did what they did, I like my jaw hit the ground. I was like, I can't fucking believe that they went that far. Like, uh, it'd be interesting. Like, I like I said, I always make sure I'm around for an episode where you know everyone loves Starbucks. It, it's mm-hmm. true, and like to be the big casually, it's always when I when I when people are watching, it's either like I'm gonna watch it with you, or you you tell me when you're watching it and text me or whatever. But like rewatching it again for this, I'm just like, oh, they're not even like foreshadowing; they're just straight. Like the whole episode is Kara saying goodbye to everyone and mm-hmm. going to be killed. It's really weird how in the moment when you watch it, you don't pick up on that. I I think the thing that makes it even more difficult is when um, her and Apollo are in the Hall of Memories, whatever, where everybody that's passed, like, they have pictures up and whatnot, and, like, instead of saying the cliche, like, we're never gonna have to worry about being put in this hallway because we're never gonna die, like, they're, like, they pick out the spots that they want their pictures remembered, and it's, like, fuck, when it happens, it's, like, do I have to see Apollo put up her picture? Because I know I want that scene, but also it's going to be devastating. Like fucking BSG, man. Um, I, <laughs> I was texting you for, through the first four episodes of this and like, it got late for these last two episodes and I stopped texting, but fucking seeing Adama cry. I was like, I, I don't give a shit. You're getting a text. Like nobody hurts my Adama. <laughs> Yeah, like I was, I was anticipating all your texts, and you're like, "I'm stopping to go see Hellboy," and I was like, "Motherfucker, now I'm not gonna get to it." <laughs> so yeah, um, fucking Battlestar, man, this series is yeah. too good. So here's my question, because I saw your tweet. Are you watching? Are you finishing tonight? You're not gonna hold off till next week. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm definitely gonna finish up tonight because I can't handle. Uh, going the whole week with uh, knowing how Adama's hurt, so. Because that's the other part. I was just like, one, I don't want to start with Starbucks' death, and then what happens at the end of season three and mm-hmm. where they set up for four could overshadow it. I want to live with this. And also, I want to be like, I want him to have to sit with her death for a week. I want him to live in that green. <sighs> I mean, I could. I could push it a couple days, probably. But it's fine. I, Go ahead and watch it because I'm yeah. also excited to see what kind of crazy your head's gonna explode. <laughs> it it does every 
end of the series, like end of each season. Like I remember too. Like I just couldn't handle that. Like the whole moment. I'm pretty sure it was the end of season two where we get the moment where Caprica shows up and she's having the visions of uh, Baltar come around her. And also, that was a fucking cool part when Caprica is seeing Baltar, but he's nearly clean shaven. But then at the in the cell, he has his full beard. And it's like, all right, now we're fucking working some moves. Uh, because it, <laughs> there's varying degrees of her uh, blondness from Baltar's vision of her. Um, and then when you see her in real life. So um, just little little touches like that really make the difference. And like, I can't speak to how much they've done for this show. Like, it's crazy. So jumping from there, uh, how'd you feel about Missing Link? Uh, to be honest, I did fall asleep for a little bit. But... <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault. I was tired. It was very comfortable in there and dark. And I took a nap. Oh, that's brilliant. But what I did see, I thoroughly enjoyed. Nice. Um, not so much. I mean, it's oh. an alright movie. Um, I think I just don't. I just didn't connect with the character designs and whatnot. So, like, it was kind of jarring the whole way through. Um, because I think it was more or less the Sasquatch's fur being, like, just that noticeable clay. Um, I don't know. Just kind of drove me wild. Um, Whatever. But You're it, such it's a enough. Listen, it's an horror movie. I don't mind it. Uh, I, I think I've seen a lot of friends that they took their family to see it and their kids loved it. So, I mean, they're the there, was, uh, and... there was this, uh, like, mom and two kids behind us. And, like, she took one of them to go to the restroom. And when they came back, they were like, where's Mr. Link? Where did he go? Like, it was, like, so worried. Cause the time <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think they really done great um, with the uh, assassin. Uh, like everybody was their part to a T, uh, uh, and that was really great. Um, <laughs> even when like they show the parallel uh, storylines of what these two are trying to achieve with their own personal lives. Um, made so much sense um but i mean the whole thing looks gorgeous even though i don't like the character designs which is really strange to say um but yeah it was fun i was surprised that it did like it didn't do well at all this weekend well i think it's number nine i did you see much promoting of this movie yeah honestly i saw a lot uh previews at least through the amc that i go to and then there was like like, uh, get our missing link fucking themed slushy at the concession stand. And like, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't I didn't see very much promotion of it at all. And, like, I've seen some people noted, or speaking about that. Um, but, which is really strange. I think this is the fifth Like I Like a film. Um, uh, I know this and Kubo and Paranorman and Fox Something Trolls. Else. Uh, yeah, one more. 
did they start with Caroline? Did they do Coraline? I think so. I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, it was surprising. I hope it. Uh, listen, it's got a uphill battle to fight um, because May is going to be a monster, and I don't think it's ever probably going to get to the top five. Which oh God, no. sucks. Which kind of sucks because it's these original movies that you kind of want to see do better, but I don't know. It's Whatever. a hard sell. No one's so. going to see it when you're out here being like, that's terrible production. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gorgeous. And like, um, I love the bit at the end where they show the stop motion, like over what had to have been a week worth of work is just moving this ele- elephant from one side to the other. Um, I think the detrimental thing to me was like, they were so close in on all these things. Like, um, Kubo has a lot of those action scenes like they just really pull out and are able to do these giant scenes. Um, but this one felt so much closer and up in your face, so you didn't get a lot of that. So Whatever, I'm okay with that. When you got a fucking Sasquatch in a dapper three-piece suit having a bar brawl, I'm okay with that movie. That's fair. It was fun. That was probably the funnest part of the whole movie. So, um, I also really enjoyed the part at the end where... Um, the two main humans didn't fall for each other, and she's just like, "Fuck this! I'm going out on my own. Like, I'm gonna go find that adventure for myself." So, yeah, and cool. then fucking Susan's all like, "Did you try and kiss her?" And he's like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the, my favorite parts. Is that the Bigfoot was like, mm, "Call me Susan." Like, I was like, "That's fucking awesome!" Like, of course <laughs> I'll call you Susan because that's brilliant. Um. But you know what? I really like this. I'm I'm turning the page. Like I like a lot of the background scenes, and it's it's the thing where, um, TMNT out of the shadows, whatever the second uh, Michael Bay produced uh, Turtles movie was, <laughs> like the wow. movies itself is fun, and I really hate those character designs. Um, like it just feels like that '90s style cartoon, like. They don't really win, but they don't really lose, and they just had fun along the way. So, go see that if you haven't. But definitely check out Missing Link. I think it's worthwhile to check it out in the theater. So, yeah, and uh, since we glossed over it, I guess all the voice actors are really good in that. Like everyone's yeah, really. That fast. was probably the the weirdest thing. Like I found out Hugh Jackman was the lead like a week ago. Um, like yeah. I saw one of the trailers on TV, and it's like Hugh Jackman's. I was like, oh, but and then when you wanted to see it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, oh, I guess. I mean, I'll see anything with Hugh Jackman. So, yeah, Jackman. I figured, <laughs> I figured uh, since it was Jackman, it was going to be half musical, and we didn't get any of that. So I was like, well, all right, fair enough. Could have been. Uh, I also love fucking Timothy Oliphant as the fucking assassin. Yeah, yeah, He's he so did good. great. Uh, also, yeah, very understated. Uh, I kept thinking I knew that voice all through the movie, and then when it popped up at the end, uh, Zach Galifianakis, I was like, "Oh shit, that's why it sounded so familiar." And he did such a good job. Yeah, um, he kept it very understated, and it's very quiet. It's not his normal loud Porsche. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's so much. Hmm. That that requires so much more praise than it's than it gets. Um, 
Because if you have seen any of his specials, like he's very, very loud and he's very obnoxious almost. Um, but he's really held back for this, for this, and so really great. So yeah, check out the movie. Let's get in the top five. Everybody go out and see it. That's <laughs> not happening. Uh, so jumping from there, uh, how'd you feel about Hellboy? Pile of trash. Don't need to talk about it. <laughs> what are your main gripes with the movie? Um, let's start with everything. <laughs> and go from there. Um, I'm on the opposite page, and I really I, I enjoy this movie. Hoosier, I hate you. See, I don't understand why everybody's having a problem with it. I thought it was fun. And just because the- it's bad. It is okay. I get I get it. I say something's bad a lot, but this is really bad. Um one, the sound mix is fucking awful in this movie. Um, um when we do uh, it's like I'll give you that point for sure. Uh, it's really weird. Because they cut in, they cut, it's like they any time they wanted a music cue, they chopped it up in like this whatever section of the song, and only give you enough to like oh yeah I remember the rest of that song but you cut it off and now we're not gonna hear it again oh wait yeah, yeah. This, oh nope <laughs> it, it, it obnoxious needle drops and they're so loud um, yeah when when we do any interior scenes it everything sounds hollow and it's echoing off of each other like dialogue in the bprd and it's full of concrete walls and everything just has this terrible echo to it um two david harbour as much as he tries cannot act through that prosthetics the way ron perlman can like he yeah. is he does not get across what he's trying to do and and this fucking like heavy metal biker version of Hellboy is fucking lame. (laughs) (laughs) No way. I fucking thought it was awesome. Especially that opening scene with him and the vampire. Like, I thought that was great. Like, uh, I thought that was the best scene of the whole movie is this little match and, like, him coming to terms with doing that to his friend that he was trying to save. Like, uh, I don't know. Just really set the tone for me. Um, Three... There is enough plot for 17 Hellboy movies. Um, Which is funny because I remember back in Alita, we were talking about how it felt like three separate manga issues together. Um, This felt like every different scene was a different issue of whatever Hellboy. Um, Yep. And And no one's fucking like, no one's talking or having conversations. It's just people stand around fucking expository like just oh my god everything could have been like a voiceover cutover in a video game scene it's yeah. just everyone's just like ugh, ugh, I hate it all <laughs> um yeah that's fair um the whole giant killer scene uh, that was a ton of fun I thought I enjoyed that so bad I didn't see that coming. Uh, the ambush. Uh, Why would him... you? Because that's just a twist that goes nowhere for no reason. <laughs> oh, I figured maybe they showed that in the in the uh, trailer. So, um, and then him killing three giants was just fun. Uh, but 
after that point, it's kind of, it gets so wonky because, like, he gets rescued by this girl that he knew growing up, um, and then, like, kind of forms this team that are trying um, to get to the point where he fucking gets, (laughs) listen, the point in the movie where it turns into a fucking he's King Arthur lineage. I was like, shit, they got me. <laughs> and when he fucking grabs the sword and gets the full horn and the flame crown, I was like, shit, they got me. <laughs> this is great. This is fucking That's great. Um, I re- the only thing I hated about the movie was the ectoplasm like person almost dead spirit, whatever. Um, I could have done without that, and like I would have loved this movie even more. But um, the <laughs> only thing I liked about the movie was Lobster Johnson, because fuck yeah, Lobster Johnson. <laughs> Never thought I'd see that in the movie. That's pretty great. So, uh, it's so weird. Like, even when like, oh my god, because they do because so, it's not enough to be a story that they're telling, and it's like there's giants and double crossing. And an undead witch and King Arthur, and he's bringing on the apocalypse. Oh, and also we're going to tell his origin through a flashback plus this other person's origin. It's too much. Uh, it, is. it was also ridiculous that they're going to throw, they're going to show a flashback to when he came and use like the exact same goddamn designs from Del Toro's movie and everything. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'll be the first champion for Del Toro and Perlman. Like, I'd love to see that third movie. I'd love to see Del no, Toro. fuck that. Who wants to see goddamn Hellboy as a dad? Fuck that. That's dumb. I do. I fucking do. Um, but I think they did it smart, uh, leaning on characters that we hadn't seen in those two movies. Um, in different in different ways, too. Um but having Hellboy not rely on his gun as much as he did with the Pearlman movies, um, I don't know. It just, it just, I really enjoyed it. So, it's bad. <laughs> Which I'm glad I didn't have as much problems. I really, I saw everybody trashing on it, and I was like, shit. Like I had to go out of town to see this movie, and I was like, I've got to drive an hour to see this not so great movie, and it's like, god damn it. All right, I'll do it. And then I, I enjoyed it. So I was like, well, I'm thankful for that. So it's like, it's sometimes I think you're getting better. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I love <laughs> Listen, I feel like it's not watching trailers that sets my expectations at a moderate level. That when anything fun happens, I'm like, all right. And plus, the vampire transformation compared to what we got from Blood Raid last week, I was like, damn. Oh yeah, full Much fucking winged bat. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then and then for like it's like the same as almost the same as like Alita, where it's just like you have the balls to set up further movies and you are never getting another one. Fucking read the room. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, so yeah, that's Hellboy. Uh I think if you wanted to see it, you definitely saw it this weekend. So I don't think we're rooting for anybody to go check that out so go see Missing Week instead go see see Shazam again I don't fucking care go see Captain Marvel do anything besides see this unless you really wanted to and you missed your chance and then you want to go see it and tell Luke that he's wrong 
I'm cool with that. that, (laughs) It's it's it sucks because like um uh the director's name who is escaping me right now. (laughs) I like him. I really like a lot of his stuff. Dog soldiers is fucking dope. Uh, Neil Marshall. There we go. Uh, Doomsday. That fucking like Mad Max ripoff movie he did is fucking dope. Uh, I haven't seen it, but now I'm interested. He did the descent. Wait, wait, which wait. Is, like is Doomsday the one where? Uh, didn't that come out a decade ago? Where it's the yes. one chick that fights her. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Yeah, and fucking uh, the descent is one of the best horror movies in the past twenty years. And he directed some of the best Game of Thrones episodes. And then it's just like, oh, and now I just shit out this terrible Hellboy movie. Which is really funny um, because if a movie sees this much backlash, like Alita and Mortal Engines like got trashed right out of the gate. And I was like, I'm alright with those movies. I like them. And then like to see even the people that like those movies, like came out disappointed from this movie. I was like, shit. I really, I'm really going uphill on this one. And to walk away with just being alright with it, I was like, I'm fine with that. So. But I think you're it's, like, the, I think it's, it's oh, okay. the King Arthur whore in me. So, if you're a big yeah. fan of King Arthur, you're gonna dig it. But other than Why? that, King Arthur shows up at the beginning and kills a witch, and then to the end, it's like, oh, Excalibur's here. That's not enough King Arthur shit to get excited about being King Arthur. You wouldn't think, but goddamn Merlin shows up. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you are the fucking worst. Listen, I, so I understand. I'm aware of this, this terrible streak I have in me, and I understand there are filmmakers that are like, listen, we're going to make a King Arthur build because there's an audience part of like, shit, that's me. So I'm sorry. It's got to be me. Um, But yeah, it was this fun thing where um, Hellboy is trying to not do his this prophecy that was was given about him um, to when he doesn't grab Excalibur, but it's still (laughs) a uh, lets itself be known later in the movie. And I was like, oh shit. But when this fucking horn or his flaming crown showed up, I was like, shit. This is all I ever wanted from the Del Toro movies. And it's like, all right, let's do this. Let's party. <laughs> they, they pretty much did it in the Del Toro movies. They just didn't give him the crown. Yeah, I know. They glanced at it and I was like, I want that third movie to see him just fucking tear shit apart. But. I don't know. Like Shazam, this one's gotten me interested, and I want to kind of read some more Hellboy. So I think I'll wait oh, for. Here, here's what I'll say: I've read a lot of Hellboy, and I don't like any of it. But I like BPRD. It's a better book, especially when Arcudi was writing it. So, so BR, BRPD, um, they deal with Hellboy, but he's like a, not the main character for it. Then he is not. Uh, it's a lot more of Abe. For a long time, okay. um, uh, Daimyo, the guy fucking Jin from Lost Blade, is uh, he's in BPRD. Uh, there's a ghost who lives in. Oh, fucking Seth MacFarlane played him in the second Hellboy movie. The ghost who oh, like okay. fills up. The okay. He's in BPRD. Um, did you stay for the spoilers or the uh, the fucking Africa scenes? 
I stayed for the first one and then bailed. And I was like, oh, there was a second one? Don't care. Cool. Uh, it was literally Bob Yaga sitting at the table that uh, if if whoever goes gets the one of his eyes, uh, she'll grant him their greatest wish and they'll kill him. So I'm guessing it's the specter, the smoke dude that Seth, Ro- or Seth played. So I, I don't know. know. I know. Listen, like I said, I've read up to the trade before Hellboy in Hell. So I've read most of Hellboy. I can't tell you fucking anything that happens in it. No clue. <laughs> but uh, if you want to talk about me, PRD, fucking Plague of Frogs, son, all them toads come down. I know what's going on. Let's fucking do it. Let's read some BRPD and I want to discuss that. Uh, is I, Magnolia a fucking artist for that or somebody else no it's uh fuck i don't even know who's doing it so can tell you but no and guess what that's great because i don't like mignola's art so i i really dig mignola's art because it's something said so different from everybody else doing so yeah. i don't listen that's what i dug about umbrella academy like it's just this different stri- strain of uh what we usually get so yeah whatever that's Hellboy. If you did King Arthur stories, go check it out. But other than that, I, probably that's literally no one should read that recommendation. Shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. There's people that enjoyed Hellboy, and uh, you're wrong. So I want fun. someone who's just like, oh, I didn't realize, but I'm a huge King Arthur fan, and they go and like, what the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? Please, please look me up if you go in on that recommendation. It was like, all right. I I feel it in my bones. If you enjoyed goddamn King Arthur, Legend of Excalibur, whatever the fucking movie was, I think you'll enjoy Hellboy, and I want to know if you did. Because I want somebody out there to be Luke, to tell Luke he was wrong. And I was kind of right. So <laughs> you, like, you like King Arthur shit, you like glowing blue stuff, and you like guns. It's like you're a fucking five-year-old. Uh, listen, it's the best part of me, so I'm not getting rid of it anytime soon. <laughs> but it's ridiculous cause now, because now the five year old's gonna tell me about how the show with dragons and it is dumb. Like it's so dumb. All right, let's talk about Game of Thrones. If you want to avoid spoilers, I get out right fucking now because we're gonna go heavy. Uh, how'd you feel about this episode? It's a really good episode. It was all right. <laughs> Listen, I was all right. Uh, they got half an hour in, and I was like, all right, we're setting everything up. This is fine. I'm fine with it. I came in wanting to enjoy Game of Thrones. I'm like, it's not my cup of tea, the shit they do on it. Like, I didn't go back and watch the last couple seasons because, like, I'm just over it. And, like, we're six episodes away. I can get through this. Whatever. And I don't want to be that guy that just hates on it just just to seem cool. But when they started fucking Nightcrawler bamping around again, I was like, God damn it. Why? There's no just, need for Why it. does that bother you? I don't, I don't know, but I can't get past it at this point. Jesus, I don't like, understand is... how they can just fucking go everywhere in five seconds. Because I guarantee you next weekend when fucking Tormund arrives in Winterfell uh, in front of the fucking Night King, I'm like, God damn it, that's not possible. How is it not possible? 
Because there's 15 people and like three horses. You don't know how many horses. You just know there's horses. They said they could double up, and if they did, they would beat the Night King, who was walking with a goddamn army of zombies. I don't think they're moving fast. Fair. Uh, But we fucking see them going from the northern tip to fucking the wall in five seconds. From when they raised the fucking dragon. You have to understand this narrative dissonance you need to give yourself when you watch films. When you watch a movie and someone goes, oh, we need to go to the penthouse. You don't follow them going up the elevator. You just know they did it. You don't question how long it took. So why is this a fucking problem? I because don't understand. They set up those first two, three seasons of like, oh, it takes this fucking long to get somewhere. So we'll do all the expository bullshit along the way. Yeah, and guess what? The show's ending, so they can't do that anymore. But why are we spending fucking time looking flying dragons and looking at waterfalls and not any of the important shit. We have five episodes now and it's like, God damn it, we're just wasting time. Instead of them copying a scene from your fucking favorite goddamn movie, How to Train Your Dragon, you'd rather watch fucking Jamie travel up the road by himself so you saw how he got there? It's it's an inane argument. At least they're doing something. It's, It's fair, but... They don't have to. I'm trying to grasp when, like, when the kid shows, or uh, when Sansa calls out the kid and is like, Where are your people? Oh, we'll send people out to grab them. And then he shows up fucking pinned to the wall at the end of the episode. Like, the difference in time doesn't make sense to the rules they set up in the first few seasons, which it's fine. If they would have opened with that season or hmm, I'm, I'm finding trouble in trying to describe how they could do it better where I'm just over it. I'm trying not to be this person, but it really just annoys the shit out of me. But other than that shit, the episode was pretty great. It's so it's, you're picking the smallest fucking I, hit. It's I understand. Like, the show is a piece of shit because of that. It's so bad. I just you're not even talking like about how great everything else is. It's um, not bad storytelling. It's consolidated storytelling. Yeah. We've moved past the point where we needed to do this. Um, you know, we 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 don't follow Arya as she travels to fucking the, wherever the fuck she went for that one season. Uh, because instead of learning along the road to get her there, we know now. Now we just need to move the story. Right. Like we've cut out the need to grow these characters because the characters are who they are going into the finale. There might be a little change, but we know who Jon Snow is. We know who Danny. We know all these characters. We know what they are like and what they're going to do. We no longer need to see them because they're not growing anymore. But see, that's the problem I have is because there's potential for these characters to grow, whatever. And like Jon Snow dealing with, oh, that's your fucking aunt you've been sleeping with now. That's just gross. But him like, you're telling me that my dad lied to me my whole life? Like, fuck you, man. You're the heir to the throne. Like, fucking... Yeah, you have it real rough. Sorry, pal. Um, well, to be honest, yeah, that's what John's character would care about. And two, I don't know. 
I feel like half of Westeros is fine with incest, so it's not really going to bug him that he's boning his aunt. Granted, that's fine, and that's what the Targaryens do, but in modern day life, that's just too weird. Um, well, we're not in modern. There's goddamn dragons and knights. I understand. Now relax. No, goddamn. I will say, I will say, like, the main thing I have problems with is that so much of where we are narratively within the story relies on John and Danny right now, and they're the most uninteresting characters in the show. Um, the 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 thing Game of Thrones is always lauded for was um, it kind of turned its head on traditional fantasy tropes. You know, if you go and know nothing about Game of Thrones except for what you should understand through classical fantasy stories. Ned should have been the hero and should have survived and saved everyone, but he dies at the end of the first season. Yeah. You know, the red wedding happens. But now here at the end, we're into more conventional fantasy storytelling, which is here's the good guys, here's the bad guys. You're rah, rah, rah. So I, I feel a little let down at that, but I don't know how else you tell that story cleanly without doing that. I get it. But and I, I feel it, like those are my gripes too. I'm just saying it differently um to to speak about the characters being so bland and relying on them like then we go back to fucking Battlestar Galactica and I granted it's only three episodes in but we're still getting like their characters represented and like they're doing the big cast and like they're singling out people and showing their core beliefs like when we get Hilo dealing with that doctor issue and like reaffirming his constitution and like resolve for these issues of morality. Like we're still getting reinforced that. Whereas Game of Thrones, it's like, you know who they are. Fuck it. We don't have to do anything more with them. It's just them talking over the scene. Um, But I don't like the most gripping scene is fucking when Jamie fucking gets off his horse and fucking Bran's staring him out. And listen, if you show me a fucking meme of Bran just staring out in the fucking everyone, I'll kill you. I'll kill you myself. That guy hasn't One, been car- it- hasn't been exciting for the last four seasons. One, it doesn't matter. But why that works is because this episode is so brilliantly reflective of the very first episode. Mm-hmm. We have now has completely turned and now these characters are back where they started but in a different light it shows mm. how much they've grown you know that kid running up to see the bannerman coming in at the beginning that echoes Arya doing that when yeah. robert ran in the first the fact that it's john riding in at the head of this thing uh is you know jamie who ended the first season or the first episode by throwing Bran out a fucking window and now they're face to face now in the courtyard. Like it's just this nice symmetry to the story that they're being touche. Everyone's back when um, they started and we're closing the loop. I think it's kind of dumb that Danny and uh John have spent so much time together and just haven't floated the idea that maybe they should just be wed to make everything cool and copacetic. Um well, because maybe they have, because isn't, wasn't Danny all like, no, I can't be married because that would weaken me as a queen when she was fucking out in the desert? Yeah. 
And that one, that one dude was like, I want to marry you. And she's like, no, I can't get married. I got to be a strong queen. Yeah. So maybe, maybe she's like, listen, John, we can fuck, but that it, there ain't nothing more. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just really strange moments. Also, also the fucking seriously, um, <laughs> contradicting yourself. Uh, I love the line that, uh, if you want a queen, earn it. And it's like he's just standing around, like you want some dick. And she's like, yeah, come on, let's go get, it. Well, let's get laid. I don't think that's so contradictory <laughs> as it's so much as she realizes she's completely alone. Mm-hmm. She has driven everyone away. Her only allies are who she's bought, and this is someone who at least is. It might be as a form of a conquest, but one, it's someone who wants her. Yeah, and two, she can't. She can't afford to throw away the only alliance she has left. Fair. So I think it's another smart move on Cersei's part. Um, that being said, who do you think's gonna have the throne at the end? All I saw was someone tweet it, and it's what I want is that I just want Noho Hank from Barry to sit on the Iron Throne. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> uh, I really hope Cersei has it at the end. She just didn't give a fuck. Um. Um. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I really don't care. Um, yeah. It, yeah. At the point, I really just don't give a shit. I'm just here for three or four more battles, and we'll see what goes on. Because at this point, it's just like, whatever. Like, also, you give me the I bat- just really am tired of seeing Sansa. And I hate the characters. Like, no, she's really smart. It's like, she's not been ever. So. She has no. Sansa is one of the most interesting characters on the show. Hard, and I'm not having this argument again, just because you're such a fucking baby. No way. Hard disagree. She's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I guess we'll probably have the battle at Winterfell next or uh, next episode. Probably no. Have you not heard? No. No. The Battle of Winterfell is episode three, the same weekend as Avengers. Fuck that. Huh. <laughs> so it's going to be a, it's gonna be a Well, that's, weekend. That's, that's surprising. So I'm guessing they'll be setting everything into motion and then it'll kick off with the battle. That third episode, they'll probably end up retreating half forces to Iron Islands. Um, and then it'll probably go to King's Landing for those the last five episode five will be the battle at King's Landing, and then six will be all the bullshit like quick game bull. <laughs> you know what? Like the weirdest like non reaction in the episode is when like when they get to Winterfell and Bran's all like, "Oh, by the way, your zombie's a fucking dra- your dragon's a zombie now," and the fucking Night King rides him, and she's all like. Hmm. Okay, still got two, and just walks on like it's fucking nothing. Yeah, I was like, "You're a terrible mother, Danny." It's true. It's true. If I heard my fucking dragon's a zombie, I'll, I'll fucking let's ride the other two and kill that son of a bitch. Although, like, <laughs> admittedly, the biggest pop for me is probably when it's gonna be Arya that kills the Night King, and I'm gonna fucking love every second of it. Hmm. That's interesting. Never put that together, but. Well, well, one, everything about Game of Thrones is kind of about death, but nothing more so than Arya. Like, her whole arc is the 
dealing with the death of her father and of her trainer and, and learning to harden herself and become an assassin. It's all about death. And so for her to be the one who literally kills the walking dead, the personification of death and the re-rising everything is just too good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope Sansa dies. <laughs> but yeah, we're five episodes away from not having to deal with it anymore, so it's whatever. You're such a child. Uh true. We've already stated that a few times because I like Hellboy. So to hell with you. Again. You like Hellboy, but you're like the show where dragons fight zombie armies, no fun. Blah. No, no. I I'm pretty sure I'll be pretty engaged for episode three, but it's all the other bullshit. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Jesus. We'll see. I'm trying. I'm very much trying to t- change my tune because I don't want it to be the guy that just hates on it for the hell of it. But we'll see. I'm, uh, just, I'm just really over these characters. It feels like it's just dragged on forever now. So it's whatever. So what are we watching for next week? Obviously, uh, finishing up season three of Battlestar Galactica. Um, uh-huh. Worst and best is the French film and... What was the worst? Jaws, the Revenge. Jaws, <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, then what we got for theatrically? Uh, the one you're probably really excited for? Oh, yeah. uh, the Curse of La Llorona? Definitely not fucking excited about that at all. But it's got Linda Cardellini in it. And it's got fucking uh, goddamn um, Tuco's in it from Breaking Bad playing a priest. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, Definitely still not excited about it because there's goddamn kids everywhere. It's bullshit. Also, how fucking cool is the Night King sigil? So fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> it's not. I like that you don't like that, and like that was like that was the the cherry on the top for me. No, it's not that I don't like it. It's that I hate everyone online trying to be like, uh, well, it's a semi circle, so it kind of looks like the sigil of the Targaryen. So the Night King is obviously Aegon Targaryen, and it's like, no, go fuck yourself. This is like. What the fucking children of the woods made the Night King like eight million years ago? Fuck off, people! You're so dumb. There were no Targaryens. No, if I was just talking everything. about the flaming kid octopus. Yeah, no, that's fine. But it's literally like go go search on Twitter. Everyone's just like the arms that come out. It almost looks like the nine headed sigil of the Targaryens. Listen, so obvious. I don't know what I'm more fed up with is the show itself. Or this dissonance between everybody that's watching and doesn't want anything spoiled because they can't watch for three, four days or two weeks, whatever, fuck them. Or the people that are like, I've never watched it. I'm never going to watch it. Fuck you. Fuck all of you people. Watch it and shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> the, worst, the worst is like, I can understand if you're like, you know, I can't watch it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's the people who are just like, oh, 
everyone on the East Coast is ruining it for us on the West Coast. Uh, I was like, you can't get off Twitter for fucking two goddamn hours until yeah. the episode comes off, you goddamn bitch. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm gonna go see, I'm gonna go see Hellboy because that'll keep me offline until I can see Game of Thrones. And it's just your responsibility. So I'm sorry, you're terrible at fucking doing it yourself. So tell with you, it's like, it's just like, listen, listen, motherfuckers, you are literally on a social media site yeah. complaining about people talking about stuff yeah like what go fuck yourselves uh it's good stuff so i think we're uh looking forward to some good talks this week uh, oh obviously second episode of game of thrones as well next week so um yep. watch all that shit and obviously more and more is going to be happening and these episodes are going to get longer and longer and we just bitched about one where not much happened for 17 minutes 18 minutes yep Yep, so. so yeah, I think Game of Thrones uh, is I thought I thought only the last two episodes are the hour and a half ones. No, the first two are fifty, and then they all get longer after that. Oh, bunch of cunts. So, yep, we'll uh, figure out how to do it all. So, watch all that stuff and come back, and we'll talk about it next week. Uh, peace, pineapple, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Night King, baby. <laughs>